Morty. I'm your host for today, Fauzi Mesmar. And I'm Ramez Fine. And Osama might pop in at some point. Might pop in. We, might pop we don't know. Might also not pop in. He's traveling. He's on a different time zone. So he may or may not pop in while we're doing this. We'll, we'll see what happens. It's good. I think it's the first time for him to be in Emirates, like a long time or something. Yeah, yeah. I think he was there last when he was like a kid, wasn't yeah. he? That must be a hell of a ride. I, yeah, that must be interesting. I would love to, yeah, I'm looking forward if he pops in today or like next week to hear about all of his adventures. Yeah, same. How you doing, Rami? I'm good. I'm I'm having a I'm having a really good week. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's been good. I had my uh, I had my girlfriend visiting last week, and uh, she had to do a performance. Oh, nice! And it's just really fascinating to watch that whole process. She's a singer. Uh huh. Uh, she's she's a soundtrack vocalist, so she she sings on soundtracks, including for video games. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the the bigger projects she's worked on is uh, is the Horizon series. Ah, cool. Um, you know, like the the sort of like Horizon theme. Yeah, like she she's the singer on that. That's a great song. Um, yeah, so she she was asked to perform at the uh, the launch party for it uh, this week, and it's just it's just so fascinating how much work goes into that, man. Oh uh-huh, yeah, like you know she knows the song, she knows how to sing it. Uh, like that's not the hard part, but you got to be careful with your voice. You got to make sure you don't get uh sick you gotta make sure that you know you have the energy to actually perform and to project yeah. and to like tune into your emotions and yeah it's like a multi-day it's just a multi-day process yeah. just to get ready for it yeah there are things that are no-nos right so like no tobacco no, no yeah. alcohol certain foods you, you you can't eat beforehand because yeah. that, that'll affect she, you she drinks a lot of ginger tea oh yeah <laughs> That that was the thing. Like I, you know, I think as an Arab, I'm pretty used to ginger. Yeah, right. Like you know, you just put it in tea or sip it in something. Like we do. How bad can it be? But like the stuff that she drinks, like I drank like a sip, it just burned my entire throat out. <laughs> I was like, this this doesn't make your throat. This doesn't make you. This doesn't make things better. This makes it worse. But no, it makes it better apparently. Like a little bit of ginger. A little bit of ginger. It's mostly ginger, and then a little bit of lemon, a little bit of honey. Um, <laughs> and she just drinks that by the by the pitcher yeah. to make sure that her voice is good. I wonder if you um, mix that up with some wasabi, will that like you know really spice things up? Oh my god! Up? <laughs> oh my god! At least your nose will be clear as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, just so so seeing that whole process of her getting ready for it and um, and sort of dealing with the performance is just. It was super fascinating. Like I know her from live performances. Uh, that's that's where we met. But yeah. um, obviously, like I, I hadn't at that point. I hadn't really um, seen the prep for it. Only like the actual performance. Yeah, and that was always very intense. Like she doesn't speak too too much. You know, she keeps her voice like calm and like quiet, and like makes sure that she has the the power in her in her vocal cords that she needs. To project some of those honestly incredible notes, um, but yeah, she nailed it. It was it was really cool uh, to to watch that. So how was the party? Um, you you were the plus one this time around. I was the plus one. <laughs> I haven't been a plus one at an industry party for like <laughs> years. It was so cool. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, it was really, it was really cool. Like, it's always nice to see a large studio celebrating their their releases, right? Yeah. And Guerrilla is a studio that's really near to me, uh, near and dear to me. Like here in the Netherlands, a lot of great people at that studio. Um, so yeah, watching sort of the studio directors like get on stage and thank everybody, and like running into a lot of friends and people I know. It was just, it was a really nice um, Dutch games industry party in a way. Yeah. Um, Release so parties really are always like uh, you know a high point, and uh, not just like you know for the project, but also like a very memorable moment to kind of like close off uh, an important life milestone. Yeah, exactly. So like for me, like when I was like get get around with like industry friends, we go like, oh, remember the launch party for Game X or Game Y, and be like, oh yeah, that game we did this and that, and like we had these experiences. It's like a almost always like a reference point to a point in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's nice because, uh, Julie, the, 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 the girlfriend was a surprise. She opened the party oh, yeah. by seeing the theme live. So I, I know that she'll be a memory for a lot of these people for decades, probably. That's amazing. Uh, so it's really cool. They had like all sorts of, you know, it was like a launch party. It was all sorts of like themed stuff, and it was just really well done. A really good app venue. Um, you know, it was a good. It was a good party. We stuck around for a bit, and then we went home because she had to fly out back home. Yeah. Uh, the next day, so we didn't stay too long, but it was really nice. Um, you know, and beyond that, just like the week is really good. Like, um. My uh, my dad came back from Egypt and brought like lots of pusbusa and kunefa and Hashem and like so. Awesome. I gained like three kilos in like a day and a half. <laughs> um, so that was. And luckily, my dad also got me a new chalabiya. Oh, so nice. you know, I, and it was a slightly larger size than I normally needed. So I think he prepared for it. Uh, so between the food and like the, I've got lots of new Egyptian uh, Egyptian stuff at home. <laughs> is it a stay-at-home galabio or is it uh, yeah. going out? Very much a stay-at-home one, oh, like yeah. very like plain, like casual, like really nice. Those uh, things are so comfortable. They're so comfy <laughs> and like Egyptian cotton, like you know, like so soft. Oh, nice um, one. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, beyond that, what else? Um, I did some flying stuff, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, um, that was kind of it. Like, just a really good week, you know. Like, hanging out, like going to the launch party, flying airplanes, seeing that again. Like, just good, good times. That's cool. How about man. you? Yeah, I had a, a bit of a week uh, myself. Uh, busy as usual. Um, uh, f- flew back just uh over the weekend from uh lithuania it was my first time over there you were in vilnius weren't you i was yeah i was doing a talk Uh at uh, comic-con over there nice i really love that place it's my first time and i fell in love almost instantly man what a beautiful city Uh, really is awesome people Uh, and uh, i think i've seen more more ukrainian flags than lithuanian flags (laughs) right Yeah. yeah The, the there's they're super close the two nations yep and you, yeah, you could you could tell yeah I, I i've never been like honestly so I, like i really got uh an, an introduction to the games industry over there got to meet a lot of the people that uh you know like the the uh, people from the studios uh, some of the notable designers and 
yeah, key good stakeholders, folks. the IGDA people, yeah, amazing folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, like you know, for it's just a small country slash small city. Like I think the city itself is like half a million people. Mm-hmm. So, like when I went to the Comic Con, I was expecting like you know a smallish event. It's it's not San Diego Comic Con for sure, but it's huge. You know, there was a they lot. They go of hard. People. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was uh, loads of people. Yeah, I went to my talk and like I was also expecting like you know a small like you know cozy industry nope. event but yeah there was there was everybody there were people in my talking costume which i really liked <laughs> <laughs> like i think there was a mad hatter that was like filming the entire Amazing. talk on his phone <laughs> right um no it was cool it was cool you get to meet a whole bunch of people get to see a lot of the city and i tell you what those guys can party at the drop of a hat <laughs> oh yeah like, yeah yeah they don't need much of uh they don't need much of a prep there yeah there's like you know there's there's music pumping everywhere like at some point i think it was, we're walking down the street we're going to a restaurant to grab something to eat and it was raining apparently it's raining all the time there anyway so that wasn't news to anyone <laughs> and um there was this dj under this tent like this makeshift tent under the rain and there's this like this dude and his uh and his turntables and his smoke machine and it's flying up like a blue and yellow lights through the smoke machine and it's just like playing mm-hmm. like music and people in the street are just dancing <laughs> <laughs> and it's like i've seen like something like this two to three times we were like walking in the mall and like one of the shops in the mall after hours was a party i was like okay well <laughs> these guys know how to party it's um yeah it's it's a great place it has a lot of it has a lot of soul to it yeah it's it really does green city as well like, yep. uh, beautiful uh, place buildings are uh, quite spacious between each other like you know like you don't get mm-hmm. that feeling of a city where like uh, every centimeter of real estate is important and you have to build something there so they're like a building a little forest a building a large forest <laughs> Uh, we get like a sky view of the city and it's super green. Loved yeah. it. Yeah, we'll be back for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's the same thing. I, I was there for, uh, I mean, was this was this game on as part of Comic-Con? That's or true. Was yeah, it game not on, game we on. were there too. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah, I, I've I've been to Game On a few times. Uh, yeah. I think twice. And just, yeah, super, like such good experiences in that city. Yeah. So we probably hung out with... Pretty much most of the same people, I imagine. Yeah, probably did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was cool. And you know, um, some of the other speakers are working on like some cool stuff. Uh, there were some some peeps from Eleven Bit Studio um, mm-hmm. talking about this war of mine. Mm-hmm. And um, I spoke about this game in the podcast. It's one of my favorite games. So it was like, kind of cool, kind of like you know, um, listen up to the talk of how they went through the process of making that game and uh, yeah. having a chat with the peeps about the game later on afterwards as well. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting game. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But th- that game, I think, you know, like one of the things I love about it, I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the podcast, uh, but it's, uh, it's the weight in decision-making that makes the narrative so powerful mm-hmm. because like you need to make the choice that will have a narrative impact. So because of that, you you say, I did this to those people. It's not my character did this to those people. 
you know? Yeah. So when you're playing like an Uncharted game, and as a player, you shoot a whole bunch of people, you say, Nathan Drake shot a whole bunch of people, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like you had to make that choice in order for the game to progress. Therefore, there's 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 a detachment between your actions and the, the narrative ramifications of them. It's, you know, you're still like piloting an avatar, so to say. Whereas in this war of mine, you need the medicine. The medicine is in the cabinet with these old people. Then you went there and took the medicine or you yeah. decide not to go and leave it or you decided to pull out the gun you know, it's a player decision. There's many ways to approach the situation, and the game acknowledges what you did without letting you feel guilty about it either. <laughs> and, and how do I say this? The game doesn't blame you. You feel guilty, but the game doesn't blame you, doesn't actively blame you for what you've done. And that's such a powerful narrative tool. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. They yeah, I, I they they really nailed it with that game, you know. Yeah. Uh, I I it's still like, it's a it's a very special it's a very special game that way because I think it really proved that the the sort of attitude towards war that we see in a lot of games is just because it's very specific cultures making those games. Yeah. Right, and and building on that tradition, but that it is possible to do something completely different. Um, but then they also just kind of nailed it. You know, yeah. <laughs> that can't have been an easy game to make. And like you know, I, I've talked to developers. You've talked to developers now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's the fact that they got it done at all is kind of impressive. Yeah, uh, for something that strange. But yeah, beautiful game. Yeah. Well, Did you ever play the expansions? No, actually, I uh, I found out about most of them from the talk actually uh that uh, <laughs> that they presented so i was like okay uh maybe i'll go back and play it i, I saw i think yeah. the other day the the uh, what is it called the final cut or something like this i don't know that game of yeah the year i edition, think it has everything in there the one yeah. that has everything i saw that on uh, game pass so maybe i'll just uh, give that a go yeah oh uh, it's yeah a, i think it was three uh three dlcs if i remember correctly yeah yeah, there's there's so much to to unpack in that game. It's so good. I want to go back and play. But it's one of those yeah. games, man. It's it's like uh, it's tough to play. So to, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a heavy like <laughs> it's a heavy endeavor to go into that game. It's 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 a rough game. It's not it's not a pleasant game. No. But it I'm, really isn't. I'm happy it's there. Yeah, and I'm also I'm also happy to have played it, but I'm not sure I'm going to play it again. Yeah, like, uh, just really, I'm not. <laughs> One playthrough sticks enough with you, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> Already. Uh, That's yeah. so good. No, it's so good, so good. Mm. Exhausting though. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Super exhausting. Uh, are there any games that you feel? Any other games that you feel that way about? Where you're like. I'm glad, I had it. I had it the other day. I watched. I watched. Uh, I rewatched Whiplash. Oh yeah. Movie. I, oh, think I love that movie. Yes, here. and it was exhausting for I you to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I can't watch that movie. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. Can't deal with it. I love that movie. Um, uh, yeah, there are some games like that for me. Um, you know, Papers Please is like that for me. Mm, mm-hmm. Papers Please. But I played Papers Please a few times. Yeah. 
It's a heavy yeah, game. Yeah, I don't think it's as... Yeah, it's heavy, but it's less exhausting, I think. Hmm. I feel like there's less stress. There's more... T- it feels like you have more breathing room. What games... Maybe? Uh, what games stress you out in that way? Yeah, good question. Good question. Actually, I I really think that this war of mine really was sort of like the first time I really felt that feeling where I was like, oh, not sure I can do that again. Um, yeah, I don't I don't actually think other games have really done that to me. <laughs> That's why I was asking. Maybe there's more. Maybe yeah. I just missed them. But well, the reason no. why I said uh, papers, please, is that you know, like that whole experience of like needing to provide that paperwork, making sure that um, even if you're like this person who is innocent, but you're guilty until proven innocent kind of thing, is a, it's a very close experience to an Arab man going through custom control. <laughs> yeah, it was weird watching that from the other side, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, yeah. but it's like it's too close to home, you know, like the idea of like you got to yeah. get your papers in order and like, you know, the number of hoops you need to jump in just to be able to be allowed in is um, I think like um, from an article I read, I think Lucas Pope was traveling in Southeast Asia and that was like one of the first times he had to get visas and that's mm-hmm. what inspired him to make this game. And, uh, you know, for, for the majority Imagine. of my life, that's basically <laughs> me yeah. every t- everywhere I want to travel, you know? Can you imagine just having that happen, like, around the time you're 30, like the first time you need a visa? <laughs> that sounds great. Man, it's, you know, like, I think when I was a kid, the, the, the notion of visas uh, was like what I thought is what everybody needed when they travel. So like yeah. one point I remember like when I was a kid, I was thinking to myself, how do like flight attendants do this? You know, like <laughs> do they have like 40 visas? How <laughs> you know, like they're flying all the time. How do they get these many visas in time? I was like, maybe they have a special passport. So that was like, you know, the conclusion mm-hmm. <laughs> that that the mm-hmm. kid me had that there's a special pilot and flight attendant passport that just allows you, you to go in. That doesn't exist. <laughs> or or they never let them in they just stay in the airport <laughs> <laughs> those were like the two explanations that my brain that could come up with and then like you know later on I was like oh oh my god like yeah there's this entire part of uh of my struggle that uh you know there's a, a big portion of this planet can't even relate with right <laughs> yep yep for sure not, no, in, in, um, not that they, they can't because they don't want to. It's just not part of their reality at all. So, like, you know, they've never yeah. really thought about this before, you know? Yeah. I always, I'm always shocked at Europeans going like, yeah, no, I w- went to Africa. I had to get a visa. It was such a pain. I'm like, was that, <laughs> was that your first visa? They're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> okay. Okay. Your life is difficult. I hear you. <laughs> uh, you know? Um Speaking of, though, because there, there's just a segue here that Osama would be proud of, but yeah. um, I completed um, an, uh, an axiom for my uh, flight class today. Oh, nice. Uh, I actually have two big milestones, or three? Two or three big milestones. I don't know. Okay. So I don't know if I told you about this one, but the first one is I did my first solo landing on a different airfield. Did I tell you about that? 
No, tell us more. So the um, part of your um, program, part of what you need to do before you can do examination, part of it is called a, a cross-country flight, mm -hmm. where you need to fly to different airfields. And I've set myself the ridiculous challenge for no reason whatsoever. The official requirement is you need to hunt and fly 150 kilometers and land at two different airfields solo. Nobody with you in the airplane. Wow. Um, so I've set myself the challenge for that cross-country navigational flight that I want to go to every airport in the Netherlands. Wow. Uh, which is a bit more than 150 kilometers and a bit more than two airfields. I think it's like eight or nine airfields. <laughs> and I just want to do that in one day. But to do that, there's two requirements. A... My flight school won't let me fly solo to a field that I've not been to with an instructor before. Because <laughs> they want to brief you on the airfield, right? Um, so I need to go dual to each airfield. And then depending on how much trust the relevant instructor has for your solo day, they will let you fly to certain airfields. So I've now been, um, last week was my first ever time that they let me fly solo to a different airfield. Uh, and I flew to two. I flew to Hogeveen, uh, mm -hmm. slightly in the north, and to Teugen. And I did two solo landings there in each airfield. This week I flew solo to Teugen. I'd done that before. Uh, no, I hadn't done that before. I'd done touch and goes there before. Um, but this is the first time I did a proper full stop landing at different airfields. So, you know, I hopped out of the airplane and went to the local restaurant and had a drink <laughs> and then walked to the tower, paid for my landing, walked back to my airplane and flew onwards. Wow, man, that's amazing. So now you're, so you're really getting used to being alone on a plane, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, it's really fun. <laughs> um, also because, you know, like you can... You can just kind of sit there and like you can play some music like quietly, not too loud. <laughs> um, and just sitting there in the airplane, listening to some nice like ambient tones or like some cool music while you're flying the plane and just sort of like watching it. Like I don't turn my music up loud. Mm -hmm. Some people seem to like that, but like I want to be able to hear the airplane. <laughs> yeah. And there are noise canceling headphones. So, you know. That sounds um, safe, safer. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So I keep the music at sort of like where you can barely hear it. But it's still a very different feeling. Um, just sitting there alone and like really your only connection to the earth is the radio. Um, you know, to talk to the um, to the tower or air traffic control. Um, it's it's so it's so cool. It's really it's a very liberating feeling. So I'm gonna. I need two more fields that I need to go to with an instructor, mm -hmm. and then for all the other fields, I I just need to go there once dual, so I feel confident that I uh, I need to go there solo, so I feel confident I can land there. And then I'm gonna schedule that flight. Gonna get the airplane. I'm gonna need to book it for five hours, and then fly. Nice. Basically, man. take the plane for a full day. <laughs> You know, leave in the early afternoon or like uh, before, just before afternoon, leave it around 11 <laughs> and then fly, go to two or three airports, land at those, take a break, eat something, drink something, hop back in the airplane, land at two more airports, have another like drink, get on the plane, land at three more airports and then I'm back. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, going to be wild, but it's going to be fun. I'm very excited for it.
Wow. So that's so, um, that's that's the one of the milestones. That was one of the milestones. Was that one? Um, the second one is as part of your requirements for examination, you need to have flown ten hours solo. Mm-hmm. Last time we spoke, I was at nine hours and fifty-five minutes. Okay. I did a solo flight this week, so I'm now over ten hours. So that checkbox is completed as well. Wow. So I now have enough flight hours to do my examination. Technically, if I do my cross-country flight and mm-hmm. my pre-exam uh, uh, check and then my exam, uh, I can complete the practical part. Okay. Um, but before I can do my exam, there's one more requirement, which is you need to complete seven theoretical exams. And today, I went and did air law, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of the seven. It's the second one I'm doing. And uh, I passed. Congratulations. So, two out of seven done. I now know a lot of things about the rules in the air and about the laws in the air. And that's it's nice. It's nice to understand all these things. <laughs> um, air law is kind of like a medium difficulty one. So I've done an easy one, communications, and now I've done a medium one. And now kind of for the next one, I want to do a difficult one. And then what I think I'm going to do is after that, I'm going to do a medium one again, and then the other difficult one, and then the other two should be pretty straightforward. So that's kind of my 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 planning now, and I kind of want to do one a week. So lots of lots of books ahead in my future. <laughs> you know, like you're, you're going to be a, a certified pilot before the end of the year, it sounds I mean, at this rate, if I continue at this rate, it, it's going to be July. Oh, my God. Like, honestly, like, it's not going to be super long anymore. It's like, like two I only need from two now. more steps. Yeah, I just need two more steps, right? Like, I need to do that cross-country, and I need to complete my theory, and then I can go for my pre-exam check. Wow. And as soon as I complete the pre-exam check, I can do my examination flight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm very excited about it, but... Um, it is, it is, a. I know it, it's, I'm definitely going very fast with this. That's um, great, man. Yeah. I'm having a great time. I, I, and I can't wait to have my license and to just like decide to do some flights. I'll come visit you sometime. Oh yeah. That'll be great. Come pick me up with You're your plane and then we go fly somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all for it. I mean, I, there's no limitations on uh passengers so ah that's cool man uh, the only thing i can't do is i can't ask you for more money than it costs me to do the flight okay so basically you can't make a profit uh-huh. okay that's the that's the only requirement with uh, the type of licenses i have they know that you're an arab right and then we'll get in a fight just for me to try to pay you for the gas but like i need to pay you like astaghfirullah no can, no this flight is on me you can you can do that though <laughs> I can break even on the flight. Okay. That's allowed. But I can't make a profit. That's not allowed. I'm kind of curious. How long would it take to fly over there to uh, to uh, where you're at? It should be an hour. hour well, yeah, but a two. Cessna doesn't fly that fast. Yeah, okay. I have... Hmm... I have five hours. Okay. Five hours of flight. Five hours, 15 minutes to get to you. That's not too bad. We'll stop it's for... It's not too uh, bad. You could, 
if you will have something to eat. Yeah, exactly. Probably take a stop somewhere in uh, in Denmark or something, right? Yeah. That sounds cool, man. <laughs> yeah, and then we can just fly a circle around there. Or I can just fly to you and then rent an airplane there and we can just fly a circle there. It's probably you, easy. You, like be able to to buy your own like tiny airplane. How much does these, yeah. are these things expensive? No, so that's the thing. I I didn't realize that. But so Cess- the Cessna 172, the the plane that I train on is the most built airplane on earth. Okay. Uh, like the, the it's the airplane that are has has been built the most. There's two companies that buy that build them both called Cessna, one over in the US and one down in France. And um, they've been built since like the 60s. But these things mm. get maintained very strictly and a lot of parts get replaced over time. So, you know, you can still buy 1960 Cessnas, right? Yeah. Um, if you want to buy like a not super well-equipped Cessna from the, uh, from say the 1970s, Nah, it's probably going to be $30,000. Right. Okay. Which is kind of like it's a car. It's a it's a brand new yeah, car. Yeah. It's like right? the price of a if, you know, a car. That's Yeah, just a a new car, right? Not like, you know, normally I don't buy brand new cars. Yeah. But um if you were to buy a brand new car, you can get a you can get a reasonably well-maintained Cessna for that money. And then there's obviously the additional costs that come with it, maintenance, storage, stuff like that. So it's not a cheap thing to own an airplane, but yeah. with the amount of flying I do, it's probably cheaper than renting one. Yeah, for sure. Right? And also, like you know, there's people that own boats and stuff like that, and they are within that range. Yeah. Plus storage, plus whatever, especially if uh, winter times and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's cool, man. With the amount of flying yeah. that you do, like I mean. <laughs> It'll probably make sense for you to have your own plane in your backyard. Right. And it's also that it's better if you want to fly two places. Because if you rent an airplane, you you rent it for the time it's gone. Yeah. So if I want to fly to, you know, uh, Sweden, mm-hmm. then I don't just pay rent for the time that I'm flying. I'm also paying rent for the time it's just parked in Sweden. Okay. That's expensive. Yeah. That mounts up. Right. Well, if you own the airplane, then it doesn't matter where the airplane is. You place you pay storage fees, but those are a lot cheaper than rent, you know. And the rent is on top of the storage fees because you still need to store the airplane. So um it's mostly that. I'm I'm genu- I'm seriously looking at potentially buying an airplane. That's cool, man. And like <laughs> you can also like part time in like spraying um fields with pesticides and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently I didn't know this, but for, for ships and boats, there's such a thing as buying part of a boat yeah. or a plane. Yeah. Where you basically buy a timeshare. So for example, four people buy an airplane and then they split the maintenance cost and they split the storage cost. And then each of them have the right to use it for twenty five percent of the time. Mm-hmm. I've heard so of that kind for of... boats, actually. You can do that right. for planes too, then. Yeah, and I, I'd never heard of that, but that's actually really smart and kind of great. 
Yeah. You know, but, just being able to be like, hey, I'll, I'll buy 25% of an airplane. So then you're looking at like $10,000 mm-hmm. or $8,000. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I can fly it a quarter of the time. So, you know, I could have it a week per month. Well, um, yeah, and uh, we probably know a bunch of pilots by now, so that could work. I've met a few, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm really looking at all the options, but just getting that second exam out of the way, I was very nervous for this one. <laughs> I really cool. was. Like, law is one of those. You know, it's it's a it's not a difficult subject, but it's just a very trivia esque subject. Yeah. You know, it's not like there's like logic. It's like, no, this is the rule, right? Like, this is the rule. Uh, there's all these different types of airspace. And then it's like, okay, you know, in this type of airspace, what rules apply? And you just have to just have to memorize it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not super good at that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, that. that's not my strength. My strength is like figuring out... Um, uh, relations between things you yeah. know like how things connect to each other and stuff like that but like just like recite this information that's kind of not what i'm good at yeah. so i was very nervous for this one but uh yeah 20 questions i had uh two errors wow so and that's not your strong point <laughs> yeah yeah also i learned it in two days Wow, man. Well done. Which I'm pretty proud of that. So, yeah, you know, ongoing. Uh, next one is going to be one of the difficult ones. Okay, help me pick. Should I pick meteorology about weather or navigation about navigation? Navigation. Okay, we're going to do navigation first. Cool, man. Whew. Okay. I guess I've, I've I've been just stuck with that choice, so I'm glad that somebody else could make it. <laughs> it was co- if it's any help, it was completely random. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, yeah, okay. Navigation. Cool. I'm good you gotta hear that. the update about how did that go? Yes. Well, hopefully next week or uh, or somewhere during the next week. Nice man. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited. Super. Cool. Uh, have you have you done anything? that uh like watched watched any tv or played any games or something i'm just just talking about airplanes for too long (laughs) i'm not not doing anything as impressive but yes i'm watching some tv shows or playing some video games (laughs) and i could talk about those for a bit so i okay let's uh, do that i've been watching this uh show on hbo called we own this town no we own this city we own this city. Okay, I haven't heard of it. It's a miniseries. Uh, it's a, supposed to be a six-episode miniseries. Only four is coming, uh, came out, and there's one coming out later this week and one later next week. So, like, we have two more coming out before the show is, is done. It is from David Simon, one of the creators of The Wire. And if anybody's okay. been listening to, uh, my, <laughs> to, our, to my Sahur Bites, uh, The Wire is my all-time favorite TV show. Uh, I, yeah. I I think The Wire is probably one of the most my favorite pop culture things ever to to be done. Best writing wow. and TV ever, in my opinion. And yeah, amongst like I I have yet to see a show that comes close 
until I watched this one. <laughs> oh wow, that that good. Yeah, because it's the same writer of The Wire writing it as if he is writing The Wire about some very current topics about also the city that he knows the best, which is Baltimore. So David Simon is a it's a criminal journal, journalist. Yeah. Um, so he's been following, like you know, the, the the drug trade in Baltimore his entire career, and he knows, like you know, police officers, uh, ex convicts, actual convicts, uh, people that are in the drug trade or have been in or out the drug trade since. And when he wrote The Wire, you know, he covered everything from like how the political system, the legal system. And the realities of the street all intersect to create the reality that the citizens of those cities have to live by. And uh, in the writing of The Wire, like he used a lot of his experience. There's a lot of uh, real stories that happened that informed the writing of the show. But it was also like, you know, people from his life, like the, there were ex-convicts that were like, you were play, like that have like, you know, done their time. And now they're like, they're leading a straight life and they, uh, they're, they're playing roles in the show. So like, there are people like, you know, acting gangster, but they're actually gangster. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's a level of realism that the show goes, goes through that is phenomenal. And it's, and it covers like, you know, aspects of, uh, you know, the cop, cop work that is like the paperwork and how the paperwork can sometimes get in the way or help and the politics of the paperwork and all of that stuff it's a it's a deep show that requires a lot of attention because it has so many characters right and i know like i'm not supposed to be talking about the wire right now but about another show but the wire is basic about the because like i can't talk about the show without talking about the wire well i talked about aviation so you can talk about the wire (laughs) <laughs> the the what i love the most about the wire and why i think it's like a brilliant piece of writing generally over its five seasons it remained consistent is that there is no good guy or bad guy like there right. the, you can't look at the character and say that person is good or bad you, you say that they person just is are human. people with with certain like viewpoints and they're just living out those viewpoints Exactly. And like, you know, they do, some of them do awful things, but they also do really nice things. And there are some people that don't do awful things, but they're just, you know, like ill-mannered people. Right. And uh, that contrast of like, you know, the realities of the world, like how every of those characters, you like, you agree and disagree with the entire time. There's no flat out, uh, you know, cartoonish villain (laughs) the -hmm. entire time. It's one of the things I love the most about The Wire. I think uh, We Own the City doesn't do it to that extent. There are some characters that, uh, though that they have their depth still, there are some characters who go like, well, that's really evil at its heart. Right. Uh, But also, like, you know, the show still goes through, like, explaining the details and the depth of how those motivations, why those characters are acting that way. So... Even like, you know, the most evil character in the show, you kind of understand why they're doing what they're doing to some extent. Yeah, just brilliant writing. Right, I think and that, this, that's also the case for... For this show, we own for the We city. Own the City. Yeah. It's, it's okay. the same wow. kind of standard. It is, it so is, what, what is it, it about? Is not it's le- about... Yes. What is Go it ahead, about? Then. 
Well, it's about, <laughs> as I said, like he is writing about what he knows best. It's about police officers and the drug mm-hmm. trade in the city of Baltimore. But it adds the extra dynamic, which I think it makes it quite current because it's also telling these events during the events of Black Lives Matters. Oh, so wow. there is there there is the elements of like uh, you know like all these di- dynamics of like poverty, class, social structure, bureaucracy, and then they add to it corruption, racism, and um, other elements. Yeah, and it's just like. Uh, a super interesting TV show because of that. It shows like, you know, another angle about, you know, how complex the the criminal justice system is or how complex the problem of that criminal justice system is. Right. Um, yeah, oh, that so sounds intense. Two, uh, I might check that out actually. Is, yeah, it, is it a big so series a, or is it? It's a mini series. So four episodes are out. There's still two more to go. And if you've never seen The Wire... It's it's a good sample. So like you you watch this show, you go like, all right, that's good. Then I tell you, all right. So if you like this, the wire is like five times better. <laughs> so I, I still think that the wire is superior to this for sure. Okay. But but okay. it's uh, but it's but it's a taste, you know. So like if you've never seen it, you can watch this and see if that's your kind of thing or not. Okay. Uh, because if you're expecting like you know CSI kind of show in which like you know it's over glorified police work that is not not realistic at all you're not get it with the, with this show but it's like a more d- uh, dark political and um complex uh, uh show okay. generally speaking it sounds pretty intense it's quite intense yeah it is it is but also it's one of those things that like <laughs> totally up my alley i couldn't stop myself from watching it so, <laughs> so um, i'll give you an update once i watch the last two episodes now like i have them okay. on my calendar when they come out because i want to finish this thing and see uh, where it goes but yeah it's good okay. and if you like this okay. Rami, definitely check out the wire like i cannot okay okay thing. the thing so, is like, like the wire feels too big when I, when I recommend the wire to people uh, one of two things happen. They either like watch right. the entire thing and now it's also their all-time favorite show. <laughs> <laughs> or they watch two episodes and you go like, I can't. <laughs> right. I haven't had yeah. like an in-between. Like I haven't had somebody goes like, yeah, it's okay. No, it's either like it becomes your favorite show of all time or like, no, I, I, this, I need to focus and dedicate some time to this so I can't do it right now. <laughs> it's one of those two. I think... I think my thing would, and this is just me and TV series, but like, that's the TV series for me tend to be too much, mm. right? Like, how much is the wire? Like, uh, five seasons. Uh, so, like, what fifty episodes? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a lot for me. Like, there's rarely anything that ever gets my attention that much. Um, yeah. But you know what? I'm going to give We Own This City a go. And if I'm as impressed as you are, uh-huh. I'll, fo- I'll follow your recommendation. I'll go watch The Wire. Cool, man. Cool. If it's, not, uh, we're checking then it. you have to play Destiny. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair. Fair. All right. Yeah, you, have quite some, you have quite some faith in this The Wire thing, then. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Like I said, if but uh-huh. I don't know your TV watching habits, but you've you've watched a couple of TV shows as we covered this podcast, so right, yeah, I can see you getting. But they're into usually this. the short kind of things, right? The, the, yeah. that's why I asked how many episodes is it, and when you said six, I'm like, okay, I, I I'm gonna watch this. Yeah, yeah. So that's right. why, like, we own the city is six episodes, so you can get into mm-hmm. that. The Wire is sixty, so it's a different <laughs> different thing yeah, altogether. Yeah, that's a bit more of an investment. Yeah. yeah. I remember, like, there was uh-huh. once, like, uh, Barack Obama was saying that The Wire is also his favorite show. <laughs> Good company. Good yeah. company. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll give it a, I'll give uh, We Own the City a look. It sounds really good. Cool, man. Um, I also played the video yeah. game. Uh, oh, cool. I played uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2 on Xbox. Okay. I had not even considered that game. Yeah, I I haven't played the first one of these. So like this comes from Frontier Development. Mm-hmm. It's a studio in the UK. They're known for uh, the roller coaster tycoon games. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. They also since then built um, uh, a different like they built Zoo Tycoon uh, and the Planet Coaster. So like they they have the experience of building like these theme park simulator games. And they made one of these already, Jurassic World Evolution. I think it came out like 2018. I never checked it out. Uh, right. This one came out last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, late last year, I think November. Yeah, it came out November 2021. And it's uh, now got released on the Game Pass. So I was like, <laughs> why not? I'll check it out. Sure. And uh, it is kind of what you'd expect. You build the Jurassic Park. <laughs> There's dinosaurs. You go and uh, rescue the dinosaurs. Uh, rescue, I guess. There are multiple scenarios. Okay, so let let me back up. It's a sim- okay. Let's it's, back up. It's a simulation theme park building kind of game. Um, okay. In which, like, you're building a Jurassic Park of some sort. Uh-huh. You build structures. You build enclosures, and you put dinosaurs in those enclosures, and you make sure those dinosaurs are happy. That's like the general target of what what this yeah. is. Do they get a smiley face if they're happy? They don't get a smiley face. But however, uh, what I did yesterday uh-huh. is I put two groups of dinosaurs that don't like each other in the same enclosure. There was no smiley faces, but they really went on, went at each other. <laughs> 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 it was a disastrous situation in which I had yeah. to assume control of a helicopter, fly, okay. uh, in which the game turns into third person. Now I'm flying a helicopter game. Ah. fly the helicopter over the enclosure. Then I take control of the sniper. So now it's a third person over the shoulder. Um, uh, I'm controlling the sniper. Wow. And then I shoot the dinosaurs with the tranquilizer until they fall asleep. I did not expect any of this. Right? I, I was caught by surprise. So the dinosaurs fall asleep, and then I order a transport vehicle to come and pick up the sleeping dinosaurs and drop them in their own enclosures. Wow. But now, okay. but now they're in the new enclosure, so we don't know the situation yet. So I need to control the rangers. So they are now sitting in a jeep. I now drive that jeep in third person. <laughs> I'm driving the jeep into the enclosure. And then in first in third person over the shoulder, I take control of one of the rangers in the back of the jeep. 
and I used the binoculars to take a, a good look at those dinosaurs. This is not the game I was expecting it was based on what I was seeing. <laughs> right? So I think it's like, for the most part, you are building a theme, uh, like uh, the, the, the Jurassic theme park part. It's isometric. Well, it's not isometric. It's 3D. It's fully 3D. So you can rotate the camera in any way you want. Right. And then, like, you know, you build the structures. You need to power some of those structures. So you build, like, a power generator. Um, you need to put like, a visitor site that so that the people can come and visit your park and now they can look at the dinosaurs. So th- they have all these mechanics that you'd expect from a tycoon slash city builder game. And there's crowd control and there's people coming in. Um but they, they have these elements in which you can actually take direct control over vehicles and then like uh, control situations. Um, occasionally, like a SimCity or something like this, a disaster could happen, like a sandstorm. And then uh, during the sandstorm, when the chaos of the sandstorm, some of the dinosaurs can escape. So like they break through the cage and now they're out. So now you need to hide the people that are visiting the park into an emergency center before the dinosaurs eat them. Amazing. And then, like, yeah, yeah. Now everybody is hidden. The dinosaur is still uh, on on uh, on the run. You get on that helicopter. You try to tranquilize that dinosaur. Then you send the repair unit to repair the fence. Then transport unit to put that dinosaur back in the enclosure where it belongs. <laughs> I actually, this sounds pretty fun. It's 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 a lot more fun than I expected. So like you know, I was yeah. like, I'll download this. I'll check it out for ten minutes, and then you know, I was like playing this for two hours. I was like, all right, cool. The taking direct control of the helicopter or the jeep. At first, it was kind of exciting, but then it was like when I need to take control of the jeep every time I need to do a bunch of things. I thought it started to get a little bit too much. Right. But then I also realized that I could also skip that entirely. I could issue the commands for the Jeep and then the Rangers can go do their things while I'm busy managing other things. Right. So it it's an optional. It's an optional thing. You can you can uh, like you know take direct control of the situation and like uh, wrap things up your way or you can just let the AI do it while you're busy building fences or like decorating or healing a dinosaur or whatever. It feels very much like that 2000 era of RTSs where assuming assuming control of characters was like a big thing. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool. I think like you know there used to be a part a time when like uh, these types of games were almost entirely 2D just because you couldn't do this much polygons on screen at the same mm-hmm. time for what this was supposed to do. So the idea of going into first person and controlling a unit was kind of wild. I think like I remember the first time it was done in Dungeon Keeper. I was like, oh, okay, I'm in first person. I'm controlling one of the minions. This is crazy. Uh, but also like you, one know, of the f- you were very limited in what you can do. One of the first RTSs I ever played had that. And this was like 1996 or something. Uh, it was called Urban Assault. I really ah, love that oh yeah, game. Urban Assault. Yeah, I really, really love that game. But it was from 1998. Yeah, that's a blast from the past. Yeah, yeah, I really like that game. Yeah, uh, I can't remember much of it actually. <laughs> it was an RTS game where you control the tanks, like helicopters right? and tanks and airplanes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I remember you controlling the tanks. And uh, yeah. we could blow up buildings. Yep. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, like cool stuff. I just realized that I I have never looked up the developers of that game. Frontier or uh, no no of uh, yeah of uh, Urban Assault. Yeah. Because I really really like that game. Yeah. So Dungeon Keeper was ninety seven. So it's the year before that. Oh wow! So yeah. really, this was like this was in the water back then. Yeah. So it's like very early day of like, can we now control? you know units from the first person perspective because we right. are now moving towards 3d yeah because all like all early like uh sim city rts starcraft all of the stuff were sprites so you couldn't do that yeah technically yeah uh but yeah but like now this in this game like because you know move i don't know I don't want to count the years. A lot of years. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of years in the future. And now it, uh, oh, it's yeah. fully realized in 3D and you can do whatever you want. So uh, I think the game kind of takes advantage, takes uh, full advantage of that with the Jurassic World. And it makes the controls via a controller actually make a lot of sense. So like, uh, I, did, like I found controlling everything with a controller worked really fine. I didn't miss a okay. keyboard or anything like that. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It uh, sounds good. It was fun. Sounds there's good. a bunch of scenarios that you can do. So there's like an original campaign with like a story and whatever to why you're doing these. Uh, oh, geez. Four or five different scenarios. But there's also a, a what if game mode that will have you like go through different uh, uh, situations from the movies so like from the the original jurassic park all the way to the new uh, new jurassic world game uh, movies okay. so you get to like relive some of those situations that sounds terrifying yeah i i <laughs> i uh no but uh, mostly as uh no, hopefully not the guy in the toilet but as the guy that right, yeah, yeah, yeah oh my god i still i had so many nightmares about that <laughs> Like I, I never trusted a porta potty after that movie. I watched that when I was way too young. And... <laughs> That's very young. It took me a while to, uh, as a kid, to like Jeff Goldblum again. <laughs> right, because <laughs> he was the he was the one that that threw the flare towards the toilet. Yep. I was like, one flare, man. Why did you throw two? You didn't need to. Do then why that. did you do that? You didn't have to. You didn't have to do him like that. <laughs> you didn't have to do the guy like that. <laughs> so no, like, yeah, you, I didn't you, trust porta potties forever after that. I, I, I can totally understand but like yeah so like you want you're not you're not gonna experience the park from the guy in the toilet but uh perspective but more from the person that was managing the park so you know spare no yeah. expense and go wild well sounds good yeah it's fun i'll play I some know. more i i haven't i haven't really played video games yeah. um you're too busy flying i, I mean you, you, you yeah. might as well keep your eye on the road while you're doing yeah, yeah. I mean, on the. I mean, I I got my new Steam Deck right without the shattered screen. Yeah. Um, and I installed Windows again. Windows 11 now works on the Steam Deck, and the audio drives for Windows are there, so it now actually fully works. Wow. Uh, and I I just love it as a Destiny and Flight Simulator machine. <laughs> like, those are the two games that are on there, and that's what I'm what I'm playing, and it's, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, Destiny is launching a new season today. Ah. Huh. Yeah. Big one again. Um, How often so do there, they launch seasons? It sounds frequent. <laughs> every three months. Okay. And they're big. These are big seasons. Like the expansions are once a year. 
right? Well, and expansions are sort of like the main chess pieces moving on the board, and then the seasons are sort of like the the, the chapters of that book. Mm-hmm. And um, so with uh, the Witch Queen, um, with the previous season and season of the Risen, um, they started this complete rework of their main elemental classes. Mm-hmm. So in Destiny, very long story, but basically you choose between uh, a Titan, which is the tank, a Hunter, which is sort of like the stealthy, nimble character, mm-hmm. and a Warlock, which is sort of like your mage kind of character. Yeah. So so think like tank, archer, mage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then as one of those classes, you can then choose an elemental sort of like affinity, and that changes what powers your character has. So the archetype stays the same, but your your sort of like your powers change. So there's Arc, Solar, Void, and then recently they added Stasis. Mm-hmm. And with the last expansion, they basically, when they added Stasis, the, the the latest one, before then, the three that exist had existed for like five years. So Stasis getting added was a really big deal because effectively the sandbox now has to be balanced against four different archetypes. And each of those archetypes and has three ways of playing them. And, it, you know, like it, it became a lot. Mm. But for stasis, instead of what they what they had before with those existing classes, with, with Void and Solar and Arc, uh, where you picked one of three options, they basically made it sort of like a kind of like a you know you have an amount of energy and you need to you can spend you can buy abilities with that and you can kind of shift them around and choose a different type of grenade or like a more powerful ability or like when you do this then that happens. So you can kind of really build your own character. Nice. But only Stasis had that. The other three classes didn't. The other three elemental classes. So with the Witch Queen, they basically redid the Void class to match Stasis system. Mm-hmm. And now with this expand, with this uh, season, they've done the same for Solar. And uh, so that's like just the amount of balancing work and the amount of content work they're doing, and that's without actually the story they're adding and like all that. Just the fact that they're rebalancing. They're sort of like core um, uh, player verbs. It's just it's just wild, completely new system. Um, they just keep doing that. I don't know why Bungie keeps doing that to themselves, but it's really impressive. The the, the um, approach to live service is really fascinating. It's so admirable. Yeah. Uh, they they really have figured out how to do it by now. But I you know. Nobody can do it that way. Like the the amount of resources that must be going into this is, is staggering. And like, if you're Fortnite or Roblox, maybe. But like, Destiny sits very lonely where it sits at the moment. I feel mm. um, in terms of just like the amount of content and production and risk that they're willing to take. So, story wise, it looks like an amazing story. Like a big, big spaceship from before. Like that was sort of like an evil spaceship has reappeared. But kind of everything has changed. Uh, it's now completely derelict, and it's like covered in like darkness, and you know, like it. It looks like stuff's about to go down. Um, not to the degree it was with the expansion, but definitely stuff is happening. So, very curious where this uh, season story goes out to. I hope it's a bit of a longer story than last season. Last season had six weeks of story, and then six weeks of like. Uh, Guardian Games, which is sort of like a competition between different players. 
I don't really care for competition, mm-hmm. so I kind of zoned out of Destiny for the past few weeks. So I hope this is a bit of a story season. I can't wait to uh When, when to is it coming shoot, out again? Shoot at things. Uh, 10 minutes ago. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're going to go and play it straight up. I just, I did, oh, look at the time. Well, you know, now that you mentioned it, shouldn't hold you any more from, <laughs> from jumping into Destiny. Uh, uh, Osama's not here, so let's save the emails for next week. And also, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> let's release Rami on Destiny as quick as possible. Yeah, let me just let me let me just go hit the outro music and then say Salam <laughs> Alaikum real quick. <laughs> all right, thank you everybody for joining us. Join us. Uh, that's all the Habibis there is this week. Join us next week for more. But for the time being, Rami, are you still here? Oh, he's gone. I'm still here. Oh, I'm still here. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> for the time being, Yalla. Salam. Salam. That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I am Fauzi Masmar, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Fawzi Mesmar. My fellow Habibis were Osama Dorias, who you can find on Twitter at Osama Dorias. And Rami Ismail, who you can find on Twitter at THA underscore Rami. Send us your questions, stories, and suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubela. And the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening. Salam. <laughs>